This is Many Windows. We are part of the Independent Podcast Network. Find other great shows at independentpodcast.network. Many Windows is a podcast in which we explore stories from the wide world of education from the perspective of two educational leaders with more than 40 years of collective experience. My name is John Cassie, and I am joined, as always, by my dear friend and co-host, Jennifer McGlemory. Jennifer, how are you? I'm good. Hi, how are you doing, John? I'm good. I'm good. You know, we're in the school year, year three at Qualia. Things are going well. Uh, you know, uh, things are things are really good. You, what about you? Yeah, same for me. I'm, I'm, you know, went back to school for Indeed. school psychology. I'm in my second year, which is really kind of like when we did our doctorate program. That was a three year program. The first right. two years are all the coursework, and then uh-huh. for this program, the third year is a full time internship. So that's nice. next year. I feel nice. like, yeah, that's going to be here before you know it. You're moving through. I am. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness. These these programs, uh, when you look back on them, are really, really, really fast. And yeah. yet in it, there's so much work and there's so much to do that it feels like, well, three years, don't you mean nine? Yeah. Right. But no, no. It's, it's yeah. Forever. And then, yeah, you look back. But I will tell you, you know, I was waiting this morning for you because you were recording some something else. I don't know, your nerd podcast or something, That's whatever. Right. I was nerding out. Yep. <laughs> and um, so I had, I was, I have all these great ideas for our podcast that I was thinking of this morning uh, yeah. that I wanted to share with you. So number one idea is let's rebrand ourselves. You know, true crime is really popular. So I think we should rebrand ourselves as the true crime education podcast. Oh, I like this. Okay. So, you know, this, this season was myths. So we're going to do crimes against students, which as I'm saying it, I know it sounds like pedophile teachers, but no, 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 that's too dark. I'm thinking like things that um, well-intentioned teachers accidentally do to their students. Kind of, it's very much like our myths, but oh, um, yeah. right, crime. It's a little I, more myths is a little more um, a, a little a little broad. Yeah, if yeah. What you're talking about here is like tactical, right? Like yeah, because like, don't can't. I mean, we could brainstorm things that we've seen. Oh, no question. Do that you're just like. And I'm sure teachers themselves have done things and then been like, Ooh, whoops, maybe now right. let me rethink that or right. do something different. So, and. You oh know, yeah. We, oh no. Th- right. We'll have, we'll have 20 episodes of this. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, we, uh, people will just flock to our podcast as soon as they true, see true crime. True crime education. Right. It's a real niche area. I don't think there, there's lots of education. There's lots of true right. crime, but the two together, come on, this is gold, baby. It is gold. We will be, we'll be buried alive in blue apron money. <laughs> or I know who is it? A Mailchimp. A Mailchimp. Uh, Mailchimp. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, hello. Uh, yeah. All the food delivery services. Of right. Uh, hello Fresh. Uh huh. Hello Fresh. That's the one I was trying yeah. to think of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have more money than we can count. We'll need. To, right. We'll be taking. We'll be taking applications for, for people to sort our gold coins from our silver coins. <laughs> you know, that's for season five, my friends. Um, there you go. You know, today's episode could could actually be in that again, or we could yes. do it again. Right, because today's theme is the myth of the value of homework. Yeah. And, so, and well, so okay. now, now, Jennifer, you, you and I together, we have principled mm-hmm. the entirety of K-12. True. 
right? So we have we have very potentially different perspectives or or different ways of weighting that myth based on elementary versus middle versus high school, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. So wh- you know, wh- why in your mind is this on our on our myth busting hit list this season? Yeah, uh, so my second idea that will require us to um, re-record this entire season okay. is what we should have been doing for these myths okay. is, you know, one person take, take one side and oh. the other person take uh, the other side, right? We're so dumb. I know. I ju- This morning, I thought of that as I was thinking about recording this, like, oh, well, I should be arguing for homework and the value right. of homework, and then you're going to debunk and tell me how I'm wrong, right? Yeah. Why did yeah. we think of this the ages ago? But maybe that's maybe for our crimes season. You know, it could be like a trial. We could be putting things on trial, and then one could be defense and one could be prosecution. I'm spitballing here, but yeah. um, I'm going to bring it back around to homework and yeah. say that yes, although secretly I do believe that homework is fairly pointless, and I know there's quite a bit of research. In this yeah. area, I'm going to play the part today of the teacher who believes in the value of homework. And there are some good arguments for homework. And it's like all of these things. The answer is not, um, the answer is always like, it depends. Right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, it depends. It's So I think there, you know, there may be some areas in which assigning homework may be valuable but i know that it definitely depends and i that's what i want to talk about uh today yeah i mean look the the season has shown us that many things that we came into with this angle of that's ah, clear you know xyz is clearly a myth our conversation led us to the point where we were saying this aspect of it is a myth. Yeah. But this may have some value. You know, I was thinking about our sort of two-part learning styles. It's like, well, it's not really, you know, don't, mm-hmm. if you just change the question really just a very little bit, now you're in a really productive uh, kind of intellectual headspace, a, a, a classroom planning headspace, right? But if you move just a teeny bit off of where it's good, you're in this kind of territory of of really dubious practice, yeah, right? Yeah. And and you you know I I think I agree with you. I think that generally speaking, my my belief is that most things that are homework or that teachers use homework to do have limited value or no value in and of themselves. And they impose a cost that when you look at the cost benefit ratio, the cost is too high, Mm -hmm. right? Now I may be saying this as a high school principal, right? Where if you impose three hours of homework a night on a high school student, which I think many of our colleagues would say is totally reasonable. Mm -hmm. Well, what are the consequences of that? Mm -hmm. 
the student is still going to be the lead actor in the high school musical, which you want them to do. And, or they might still be, you know, the goalie for the hockey team without which you can't win any game. So you want that person there. So you've also built into their lives, maybe an hour or two of practice or mm -hmm. rehearsal, yeah. or you've built in, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, the technical rehearsal week, mm -hmm. which runs until 10 o'clock. Right. Or if they happen to be on a good team and it's a sport like a basketball where the playoffs go long, well, they could be in playoff basketball for almost a month. Well, and honestly, I know so many kids now that play these club sports, play play for these elite teams that yes. aren't necessarily school based and they're playing their sport year round. There's no Correct. more season you know yeah, more it's, like, it's, right. it's constant they're traveling to get to these tournaments and things right. like that right and, um uh so i really think that we do have to take into consideration the amount of homework that's given yeah. and maybe rethink those formulas i do know some yeah. school districts who have actually put their heads together on this at a district level Okay. And made some policies around homework and the amount of time that each right. teacher should give right. um, homework. And I do want to kind of revisit that. Uh, so, but I want, here's, here's the argument. I think there's a couple of arguments that I can think of for homework. So okay. the first one would be that I want you to respond to. The yeah. first one is when we think about gradual release of responsibility. So as you're teaching a new concept to your students, yeah. first, you know, I do it. I give you the example. Uh, I show you how it's done. Then we do it together. So it's a back and forth that yeah. we do, can also then be um, students working with students to practice. And then, of course, the final step of that is you do it. You know, the student does it on their own, right? The yes. independent practice. So you put up scaffolds for the kids who need it. Then you have to tear down those scaffolds because really for students to demonstrate mastery of whatever you're teaching, they need to be able to do it themselves without help, right? Yeah. That's where homework comes in. Can because, and I think of my own experience in high school as a math student, in class, I'm following along. I understand what the teacher's doing. I know why he's doing it the way he's doing it. I'm thinking of a very specific math teacher. That's why I'm okay. using the program. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and I'm 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 with you. Then I go home and I pull it out to do it myself. And I realize, oh, I don't really know how to do this very well. You know, I don't so it was in those, it was when I had to try and really do it by myself that I realized. Oh, I need more help um, to master this this subject, this content, this topic. Okay, so that's your first one. That's my first one. Okay, reasons for uh, I would say that that is not that's not appropriate for homework. Um, and my reason is that if you are at home and it's nine thirty at night, 
uh, and you run into trouble, you have no way to get out of that trouble. Mm. Okay. Uh, and, and that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. And that can be debilitating to certain kinds of students who have low resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I, I don't, I don't love that as a homework uh, 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 rationale for for that reason. The second reason I don't love it is that um, if you look at the science on um, memory, brain wiring, that sort of thing, right? If you learn something for the first time or even maybe the second time at, say, 10 in the morning, uh it's energy intensive to build those connections, right? And if you don't do your homework at the right time, you might you might not be well positioned to put those concepts into the long-term memory, which is where you want them, right? Mm-hmm. Better to do it at some point where you can... Uh, kind of maximize your energy and everyone's energy is a little different but you know if if the student is trying to 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 show themselves they have mastery of something in the evening for the majority of the kids i know that's not the right time yeah and i'm i'm thinking of um Okay, high school students who can drive uh, may be able to find somebody, a study group, something like that to get together with, right? However, I know when I was an elementary school principal, I had parents coming to me in third and fourth grade saying, I can no longer help my child with math. The way that they're being taught math is different than the way I was taught math. Yep. So when I try and teach, when when they need help with their homework, which I think is is also a, a valid point, is what the my experience when I got stuck, there was nobody there to help me. Right. Um, so, but this doesn't just start in the advanced classes, mm-hmm. um, right? It's right. It, and we think about our students who have parents who speak a different language right or you know who or their t- students that are taking classes that it's just taught differently right math is taught differently right. and so and i heard this all the time from the parents that would say i show them how i would do it and they're like that's not how the teacher does it and right. they're right <laughs> right right that was because, true because it isn't 1975 anymore right yeah right. and yeah. and you know, there is a different way that math is being taught. And not only that, uh, <clears throat> kids, when you're in that initial phase of just trying to do something independently, all you can really do is try and follow the formula that right. the teacher gave you. And if you deviate and, you know, parents who maybe even have uh, advanced math degrees, like, well, this is how you do it. And this is why it's like, nope. My teacher taught me this way. I have to do it this way. Um, right. right. So that was valid. There's too. no, there's no critical thinking. Yeah. The yeah. student can bring to bear on it yet because they don't have, they, they're, they're not even acquiring mastery. They have just been exposed to. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? Okay. So what about, what about, let's take that out of the equation that it's, let's say they have mastered the content and you've moved on as a spiral review. You assign things that you know that they can do independently and you just want them to practice, i.e. it could be math. It could be those math times tables. It could also be reading, right? All of our English yeah. teachers assign reading to yeah. do at home so that we don't have to spend the whole period reading aloud a book. Yes. Um, you know, I want them to be able to read some. I want them to have some choice over what they read, pick different books, and that's got to be done at home. Right. So we've got two two things there. Those are two things to me, not one. Okay. So taking the first, your idea of a spiral review. Okay. That could be homework appropriate because it is work you want the student to do independently, okay? So it's work that you have seen evidence that they can do independently, and you want them to uh, to reinforce, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, the danger of reinforcement tasks is the threat that you pull something out of long-term and you resituate it in short term. This is why students um, who think they have crammed and really done well for an exam, the moment they can't remember something, they can't remember anything, mm. right? So you don't want to do that, right? You know, like uh, with with doing vocabulary development in high school, for instance, I would give a lot of words. And would get balked at, you know, oh my God, it's so many words. I'm like, yeah, but you already know 30 of them. And don't study those words. Mm -hmm. You'll see it and you know it. Next, there's nothing to be done, right? <clears throat> so for me, review is, oh, I actually don't know that as well as I thought I did. So I'm going to make a note to ask about this tomorrow in class. It's not to practice. Because if you can do a thing, you ought to just do it. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't, um, I don't practice low skills. I'm trying to practice higher versions of those skills. Mm. Okay. And that can be done as a homework challenge, right? I don't know that you can do this yet. Try to put these things together. Here's a single problem that's much harder mm. than the ones I've given you, but for which you should be able to think it through. I want you to spend 25 minutes on this problem. Mm -hmm. If you got it, great. If you have part of it, great. If you don't have it at all, great. As long as you spent the time trying that's a good use of your time. 25 through 74 odd mm -hmm. is, is, the, is the worst practice that you can imagine, in my judgment. Mm -hmm. right? Because what's the point? Why are you making me do 16 problems? The substance of which isn't really any different from 
problem to problem mm-hmm. and which I already know. And I can show my work and, 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 right? Mm-hmm. It's a total waste of time to me. There, now, yeah. the, oh, I'm sorry. I want to stay on this for a second because there's a yeah. couple of things that you said that are really important um, and a shift in maybe our thinking around assigning homework as practice. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Questions, you know, 16 through 74 odds. I see that so often. And what I've seen from that is some students can do it at 10 in 10 minutes. Other students, it takes them two hours. Correct. The ones that it takes them two hours, a lot of the times they are getting things wrong and practicing it wrong. Correct. So that's problematic. It's discouraging to yes. some of them. And the ones who can do it in 10 minutes, it's also frustrating and right. feels feels like a waste of time, even if it is only 10 minutes. It's demotivating. So, yeah, yeah. Because it feels so, like busy work. One thing that I've recommended teachers do who who have done that in the past, the assigning is um, I say, you know, and I think this is what you're arguing partly, but is have some choice in the assignment, like pick five problems that you can do that and do them and, you know, show that you can do them. Or there's also this um, assignment that has, that I've seen variations of done in class that could be a good homework technique, which is called the Goldilocks method. And I would say, here's a page of 25 problems. Pick one that's too easy for you, one that's too hard for you, and one that's just right. Yep. And then that's write like a poetry one. example. Yes, right? From the last show. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you could apply that to math. You could apply that to science. You could apply that to any list of questions that comes at the back of a chapter. And I'm telling you, in my graduate classes, I have been assigned a uh, answering questions from the back of the chapter of the textbook. So if you think that I'm giving you an example that's babyish, no, I was recently assigned this in my graduate class. So that that idea of choice, I think helps because it helps with the motivation factor. It also makes sure that you don't, you have kids that aren't spending two hours on something that you think took, um, that was gonna take 10 minutes. Cause this is the other component of time that you brought up that's super critical is you assign something that you think is going to be practice. It's going to take them 10 minutes. And there are kids that are going to struggle and take hours on it. So where, what I love that you said is instead of thinking about the number of problems, think about the amount of time and tell students, you need to spend 10 minutes on this 15, whatever you're expecting, spend this much time on it, do as much as you can do in that amount of time, and then stop. Like what I would do in elementary even is have them write the time on the top of the page. I started at this time and I ended at this time, you know, or middle school, something so that the parents can kind of understand as well. The purpose is just that you spend this time thinking about it and working on it. Even if you didn't get, couldn't solve any of the problems, show me what you tried to do. Yeah. Correct. Right. Correct. Correct. That's, as that's useful. Right. Um, the the reason why it's useful, and this is this is true, K through twelve, or maybe middle school through twelve. Uh, the reason it's useful for faculty to think in terms of time 
is because depending on the schedule that your school uses, students might have three teachers assigning homework that night, four, mm -hmm. five, seven, right? And let's say that you have been not very thoughtful about it and you've given an hour. Mm -hmm. a pro you've given something that requires an hour. Not that the perfectionist student who could do it in 20 minutes but chooses to take an hour. Yeah. Because that's a different thing. That's that student's right. going to take two hours to do your yeah. thing, right? But you actually gave something that requires an hour of time. And you have a standard block schedule four and four. Well, now you've you've contributed to a four-hour demand on that child's evening. Mm -hmm. They get home at, at let's say that uh, they, they, they get out of school at 2.30. They get home at three. If they start immediately, that's seven. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where does dinner fall in there? Like right. I, I right. would eat dinner earlier than that. Right. What about, you know, family dinners? Don't we want our kids? Don't we want that? Yeah. Uh, what about um, high school students who have an after school job? What about high school students that are helping take care of younger siblings until right. parents get home, right? Like I can, I right. can put so, a lot of holes so the, in that uh, best case scenario. Right. The kid who has an after-school job, you know, three hour shift, mm -hmm. three to six dinner, you have to eat. Yep. It's now 6.30, 6.45. You've given them four hours of homework inadvertently, yeah. maybe yeah, right? because you didn't consult with your colleagues. Now the student, the earliest the student could possibly be done is 10:45. Do you work effectively that way, teacher X? <laughs> no. Right? And so the student is actually going to be done the earliest possible time that can be done is 11:30. I can't believe these students. They fall asleep in class. Yeah, because you gave stupid amounts of homework and your colleagues did too. And you are not factoring in that human beings should have lives. Yeah. Right. Do and, you want them to to uh, to exercise? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you want to spend all night grading papers without any leave? You right. grab a quick sandwich. You don't get to watch your favorite show. And you don't get to talk to your partner. You don't want that life. Why are you imposing it on your kids? It makes no sense. And even, you know, I know I've done this, particularly our um liberal arts subjects we don't give nightly homework we're not giving practice that has to be done every night but we're sure. saying okay over the new next two weeks you need to finish this essay read this book do this hi history-based project do you know all these kind of these at-home assignments that you're you give a substantial amount of time right you get two to three weeks let's say what whatever it is Right. The problem is there, of course, is so many of our kids don't have the executive functioning skills to adequately take that project, break it into small chunks, Correct. Uh, manage their time. I mean, I know plenty of adults who can't do that. We'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then it's like all of a sudden and it this always happens. 
oh, it's the end of the grading period. So four of my classes have these big, big projects due. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, uh, right. So here I am at the last minute up all night trying to finish these big projects. And the teacher's like, but I didn't tell them they had to do four hours last night. I gave them three Correct. weeks to do it. Correct. And you naively mm -hmm. or thoughtlessly said, well, they'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. No. Why would they? Yeah. I know plenty of teachers who, if I were to impose that kind of executive functioning demand on their professional practice, would be complaining about what a tyrant I am. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. And so, and so look, <clears throat> you know, I've taught Latin, Latin, a language is going to be like a kind of a mathy kind of thing, you know, a lot of daily yes. work, right? And so you have to think about how to do that work in class. And you have to work on your campus to ensure that students have ample time on campus mm -hmm. to do this to do this work that is uh, practice or that is skill developing or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So that you're available, maybe. I mean, if they do it on campus in a study time or a free time, there's at least a chance they could talk to you. Well, you know what else I love is um, these apps like Quizlet, where you can make these digital flashcards. Yeah. So vocabulary is a perfect example. Even some of those math facts uh -huh. or, you know, uh, whether it's a foreign language or it's academic, scientific yeah. vocabulary, what it right? Yeah. You yeah. make you make it, you have the kids make the flashcards. They can do it on their phone as an app. And then I would say, as you're being driven to school, go to, as you're being driven home, as you're sitting waiting for your mom to pick you up, when you're yeah. at Starbucks waiting for your friend, wherever you can grab five minutes, go through Have your flashcards right. on your phone, right? Like, isn't that yeah. a great way to do practice and teach kids really a skill yeah. for how to practice those, which kind of leads me to my next um, uh, rationale for homework. I've heard this a lot and we've touched on it a little bit, but what about the idea of homework as building either study skills or executive functioning skills or simply, you know, the idea that kids need to get in the habit of having to do some work outside of school? What's your thoughts on that homework as a habit? I see your face is, your brow is furrowed. Well, we want, well I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think it through a little bit. Okay. We certainly want students to develop their executive functioning. Right. Right. We certainly want that. That's a goal. Right. And thinking about like maybe college, preparing kids for college, where a lot of the work is going to have to be done outside of class on their own time. We talked about how hard it is for kids to do that time management piece and chunking their activities. So what about, what if I'm a really thoughtful teacher and I'm gonna take a big project and split it into these components. And instead of saying the whole thing 
is due in three weeks. I'm going to say in three days, you're going to do, you're going to turn in your brainstorming that we did uh, in class. And I want you to go home and add a couple of things to your brainstorming web. And then in three, and I'm going to check it so that there's these feedback pieces throughout. Um, Then, you know, we're going to learn in class how to take your brainstorm and organize it into uh, you know, paragraphs into topics, whatever, you know, and then you're going to go home and you're going to finish that up at home. And then, you know, re- doing some research, teaching him how to do that, asking him to do a little bit at home. What are your thoughts on that as a structure? Well, it's better than, it's better than what we generally do, right? Mm-hmm. I think if you call out the executive functioning skill you care about, and you say the homework is at least as much about that as the content skills that the homework assignment is nominally about, that, that that's to the good, right? Mm-hmm. I think if the work you're asking for is discreet, mm-hmm. sophisticated, challenging. Interesting. Interesting. There was some choice, so the student might actually a bit be of choice, yeah, right? excited about doing a little bit of work outside of yeah. school. Yeah, I think the more of those things you add, mm-hmm. the more it gets into green mm-hmm. and out of red or yellow for me. Mm-hmm. But again, executive function. Yeah. Uh, well, with a with a thirteen year old, mm-hmm. don't you really? want to watch the student attempting to do the executive functioning task so that you can say, I see what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. You're 80%. Now, if you tinker with this thing that you're doing, that's not very helpful for you, you'll get all the way there. Okay. Now, once you can see that they're doing it in mm-hmm. class, why do you need to give homework to see if they can do it mm-hmm. in their life? They're just going to do it. Right. Why are you, wh- wh- why are you belaboring it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like my, my example about the, um, you know, about the, the vocabulary, right? Mm-hmm. If you know it, why study it? Okay. If that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like the life skills, mm-hmm. college preparatory, uh, um, even if you're in, you know, when you get to a job or you're in the military or whatever, you know, you're still going to have stuff that you have to keep control of and get a handle on, right? Whether independently guided homework is the right way to encourage development of those skills. I'm not sold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, I- I do think we don't do enough explicit teaching of study skills and executive functioning skills. Yeah, I think that's right. right. And doing that intentional teaching on how do I take this assignment and break it up into components, right? That that can be the topic of a mini lesson that you do together and then say, you know, apply this idea to 
um, you know, X assignment. It can be in my class. It can be in your history class. Or, you know, I know my partner teacher, a history teacher has assigned you this research project. Let me, as an English teacher, talk about how you take a big project like that and split it into chunks. Let me give you a graphic organizer that's going to help you with that. We've got five minutes left in class. Get as much done as you can. If you don't finish it, bring it tomorrow. We're, uh, you know, do finish it tonight, bring it tomorrow. Let's go over it because that's the other piece I think that's really missing from a lot of our home assignments is the feedback. It's pointless without feedback, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? A thousand percent, right? This is why the second example that you you gave maybe 15 minutes ago, you're talking about the English teacher who assigns reading. Yeah. Okay. The, the second grade teacher who assigns reading is not trying to get the student to have greater content knowledge. They're not reading for content. They're reading as as like, well, I don't know how to make that sound. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I I see I see the word um backstop and C K S T. What am I supposed to do with that? Well, you want the per you want the second grader to spend 10 minutes looking at morphemes and phonemes and right. That's like more like math homework. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not reading for content at that at that point. When right. you're reading for content, that's that's totally um potentially uh reasonable because you're you're asking them to acquire a preliminary uh, set of principles, concepts, content. And then in class, we're going to do something with them. Mm-hmm. And I add more, I'm going to supplement, I'm going to make connections, I'm going to do that sort of thing, right? So it becomes a question more of volume than of anything else. Right. Um, I do think that if you are going to sign any kind of reading, you should be get particularly if it's content based, right? We're we are going in science. We are learning about these chemical changes. I need you to read this chapter tonight because tomorrow we're going to talk about it. Yep. Give some guiding questions. A hundred percent. Right. So many students. We we take it for granted that kids can find the main idea and understand what are the salient points that we want them to get out of the reading. So many kids struggle in that area. We Uh need to be explicit about that, right? It's Uh like, find this information. That's what we should be saying. We're going to be talking about these things. Find it in your textbook. And again, I I know what you're going to say to that. And I would agree is like, those activities are better done in class. (laughs) Well, I mean, sure. But, but, you know, there's, there, there is, you know, there's only so much time. There's time, yeah. I get that, right? Mm-hmm. I get that that you want a student to have mastery. And if you're in a public school, you've been given a a curriculum for which you will be judged and potentially kept on or moved to a school that you don't want to work in based on 
how well you do that based on assessments that you don't design. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I get that, right? So there's a certain pressure in a public setting and it's different pressure maybe in an independent setting. Okay. Well, if my kid doesn't get a four on that AP test, then the parents are going to come and complain to the head of school. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to be in trouble, right? Even though the last thing you should be using as a measure of your quality is an AP test. Okay. And these these standardized assessments like the SBAT, CASP, whatever your state, you know, has uh, as, as its, you know, end of the year assessment that you don't have any um, part in designing. What the research says about those, the best thing we can do for our kids if we want them to do well on those tests is teach critical thinking and problem solving. Correct. That how you prepare kids right. for those tests and you don't cram a bunch things. of content down right. their throats that they're not even going to remember correct you you have students do outside supplemental reading so that when they come to class you can do critical thinking and deep thinking development you have students do that take this one problem and work it for 20 minutes mm-hmm because they can come to class and then you say, you give everyone a marker and you say, get up on the boards, show us how far you got and what you did. Because if you've designed a problem that's really crunchy, you should have a bunch of different answers and lots of different fail states, Mm. right? And the fail states become interesting. I had a fifth grade math teacher that I worked with who always taught the gate class yeah. and he and he said these kids when they run into a problem that they don't know how to do they have no strategies right. um, they have no resilience because right. everything has always come easy to them Correct. so you instantly give up he says i want to this year intentionally give them unsolvable problems uh-huh. just to build you know, like you said, with that idea of like, work on this for 20 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. come up with some ideas, try some things, let me know what worked and didn't work and why it's not working. Right. That's the valuable work. Right. That is the valuable work. It's not the doing, mm-hmm. it's the reflecting. So if you give homework for the sake of giving it and it's low order, and you don't evaluate it so there's no feedback. You're basically just saying, I, as your teacher, have the right to the 50 minutes I've been assigned and an additional amount of time, uh, my judgment, of the rest of your life. And that doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Now, it used to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I did it all the time. But I've become less and less believing in that. And the younger the student, the less I believe it. Mm -hmm. You want the lower elementary student playing in sand and, and, you know, uh, 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 and making recipes and somersaulting and, and that stuff. 
what homework what, what is wrong with you right <laughs> well then, elementary a little bit more right right because you want to start cultivating an executive function practice that allows you to go from a place to a place and to continue to do stuff that connects those two things and then as you get older still content reading and depth of interest you want the student to have lots of time to develop their their areas of interest and if you've made your curriculum interesting every student will engage with something mm -hmm. and so you want to create time and space and and a mindset of uh of, of enthusiasm which is not generated by uh, translate these 73 sentences or um, we've already talked about this. So now read this other thing. Mm -hmm. Unscaffolded, unthoughtful, mm -hmm. disconnected from anything that makes any sense kind of work. So homework for the purposes of executive function uh, Provided you've said that's what it's for and you've shown how to do it and so forth. Uh, I, I like that more than, than the way, it, the way homework is generally practiced. I also like it if you are partnering with another teacher yeah. who is given a project, okay. right? And again, I'm kind of thinking as, as an English teacher or humanities or something like that. But if you can, um, uh, get a kind of two for one where here's an assignment the student already has to do. Mm. I'm going to support the student in accomplishing this because I want them to learn how to deconstruct a prompt, mm -hmm. to set small goals and tasks and accomplish them. And, right. you know, like uh, that, that's interesting to me. Um, and I think very thoughtful. Uh, and I, I was you know, for the listeners who really like research, as I do, I do want to just um, remind everybody that in John Hattie, who did yep. his meta-analysis, has an entire um, section in his book, Visible Learning, on homework, the value of homework, and the meta-analysis meta on all the studies that have been done around homework basically say exactly what you said, John, which is depending on the level, there are varying degrees degrees of uh, correlation between homework and achievement. In elementary, it is so small to be almost non-existent. Yeah. Middle school, so I think elementary was around a point two, very small correlation between homework and achievement. Middle school was maybe like around point four. And it's not until high school that there is a medium-sized correlation uh, right. at best between homework, assigning homework and achievement. Uh, yeah. So keep that in mind. Go back and check that out. If you don't have uh, John Hattie's uh, visible learning, I use it like an encyclopedia. I look for the topic that I'm interested in, read that, you know, one page uh, synopsis of literally right. hundreds of studies. And I feel confident that I'm on the on the right track. Yeah. Um, but I think we've we've kind of identified some 
some things to do and some things not to do around yeah. homework. Yeah. Yeah. You really want to be, you really want to be deeply thinking yeah. about your homework practices because they have, they have an outsized influence on student experience. I think so many and teachers think that they have to give homework. That, that they that, have to give it. Yeah, that they have to do it. Like I need to assign homework every night uh, so that my students rem learn how to do homework. And I'm not sure that that's a great reason. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't buy that. I, <laughs> I don't buy the college thing. The way that college work works mm -hmm. is is different. And frankly, the 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 what what a college is demanding of you in terms of time that is out of your control is so different that where it's apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. uh, homework to develop uh, self-direction, homework to develop um, scheduling capacity, executive function. Sure, sure, I think that's a good idea. But then the assignment doesn't need to be an hour long. Right. Don't do this homework assignment. Structure it so that I can see how you would do it. That's the homework. Don't do it. Tell me how you would do it. Okay, that's more useful. The younger the student, the the greater the the higher the bar you have to get over before you should give that assignment. Mm -hmm. Not that you shouldn't, but that you should impose an ever higher test on yourself mm -hmm. of how important it is. Um, and get a little bit humble, by which I mean, you are not the only person in this person's life. And if it's an elementary school student, let them play. And if they're a middle school student, let them grow into their adult version and let their bodies do what they're doing and stop asking for that time for you. And if they're a high school student, appreciate that the emerging adult has other areas of interest. I am interested in uh, soccer. I am interested in musical theater. I'm interested in archery. I play club curling. I am a tabletop role player. And I have four hour sessions on Thursday and Sunday mm -hmm. that are turning me into an amazing storyteller. Mm -hmm. right? I am a video game. I am an esports kid. And I play um, Rocket League 10 hours a week. And that's going to make me into a great team player and a great leader down the road because I'm able to coordinate the work of four, five, six people in high stakes, high pressure circumstances to accomplish things that are part of the work I'm doing. Or I've got a job. Mm -hmm. And that job is essential for my family or I'm, I'm, I'm the babysitter. Mm -hmm. So I've got four hours, a uh, uh, a day on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 
where I have to take care of my three younger siblings or well, I have to take care of my grandparents or whatever, right? If you think about the ra the rationale of like the spiral review or practice, yeah. what is better practice than helping a younger brother or sister with their homework? Correct. But that's the assignment. Right. And even if your teacher, even if their teacher hasn't given them anything, you as the older sibling can say, show me, um, show me how you subtract. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Yep. Tell me about what you're learning in science. Correct. What are you reading in language arts? Right. Like, you know, right. I mean, how fun would that right. be? I'm Have you read Snow it. White yet? Yeah. Read, oh. yeah. Read a, a picture book to right. a younger sibling right. or even read, write a letter to uh, your grandparents you know, have a menu of options that they could do that build um, capacity in yep. other areas that yep. we know are are super valuable. You were talking about all the different extracurriculars. And I was thinking about this student that I tutor that she does. She's in sixth grade and she does cheer. And I can't see her before about five o'clock on any given day because she has cheer every single day after school yeah. until five yeah. and squeezing in some time to be able to just help her with some homework is always a challenge so Correct. it's not doesn't even start in high school for sure I know so and I've got a little girl down the street from me who last year would come and let my dog out a couple of days a week when I had late okay. night okay. and so I asked her mom at the beginning of this year I think she's second grade now I said, um, you know, what days is Jane available to come and let Joey out? And she's like, I got to get back to you. She has this soccer coach who has them practicing every day after school. Second oh, wow. grade, wow. I, I can't get into her schedule. I keep going to younger and younger students right. to try and find kids to come and walk my dog or let him out. I don't know. I got to find some kindergartners or something because everybody right. else is overbooked. Right. I need a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you four-year-old. Let me show you how a key works. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we, we live in a society that's overprogrammed and we live in a society that, that values diligence and staying busy, keeping up with things. And, and there's, yet. A, there's a value. In, and we talk about self-care and anxiety. Right. And right. all these emotional issues our kids are having and the stress that they're feeling. Huh. Correct. Wonder where that yeah. comes huh. from. Shocking. Yeah. Um, so so we're 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 interested in hearing your thoughts on, you know, on homework and on this question. There's no one way to do it. But there are better ways. But there are better ways. <laughs> and and you ought to think about what those look like for the kids you teach, the school you're in. And, you, and, you know, the circumstances that you have. Yeah. A simple question to ask yourself with every assignment you're about, a homework assignment you're about to give. Why am I giving this? Correct. Right. Why Correct. am I, that there's, there's our alarm in the background. Yeah, That's my we just hit it. That I <clears> set for done. an hour. Right. Uh, so we said we got to be done before the alarm goes off. Just yep. about made it. But yeah. So ask yourself this, if, if you're going to assign something for homework, why? Is it because it's busy work? Is it some weird idea that you have that you have to assign it, you know, right. rethink those things. Right. Do you think that you have to do this? You probably don't. And we'll leave it at that. Uh, thanks, Jennifer. And, thanks, John. And um, 
we've got a couple more episodes left in this season and then now we've got you know got crimes against time. humanity is the uh, yes. season five so oh, i think wait. i'm loving that okay bye right. john until next time bye where's my recording button <laughs> oh there it is <laughs>